0: mornings a week we meet before breakfast for an
1: early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms.
0: This has become our favorite professional development so we figured why not share these moments with you. Welcome to Math Before Breakfast.
1: This is episode 81. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Erciaga.
2: And I'm Jay Prophet.
1: And we are going to talk about some three-act tasks today. Yay! Yeah. Um, We're going to talk about what you might do if you haven't found a three-act task that you love, or you just want to make one yourself. Um, We're not pros at it, but we've been trying it lately, and so we're going to share that. But before we get into that, Ruth is going to tell us about a number talk that happened this week.
0: And it's for multiplying decimals. (laughs) Imagine! Yes!
2: (laughs) That's my favorite
0: (laughs) It's what we live and breathe in sixth grade math. Yeah, let's hear about it. Um, So what made it different this year was that we started with scientific notation before multiplying decimals. That is a new objective that was given to me last year. And I'll be honest, I was like, I just don't have any room to fit this in. And it doesn't really go along with anything. So right here before exams, I'm going to throw it in. And so I taught scientific notation kind of lonely all by itself and moved on. And this year, I um, was planning my multiply decimals and got an extra week because we are not doing exams um, due to the coronavirus. And so, just in an effort to decrease already anxious and stressed out kids, we've eliminated exams. And I was like, well, I have some extra time, so I'm going to go ahead and squeeze in scientific notation before I do multiplying decimals. So we did that, had lots of good discussions, and then yesterday, or Monday, my days are all mixed up, we did a number talk, and it started with noticing and wondering. I found a multiplication chart that had, it started with eight thousandths times three thousandths, and then eight hundredths and three hundredths, and eight tenths and three tenths. And then eight, and it went all the way up to three um, eight hundred mm-hmm. times three hundred, and so we just came in, and they noticed and wondered, and things that they saw were that the numbers started really small and they got really big. They wait, can I ask you a question real quick so
1: I, so yeah. I can picture it? I, I'm mm-hmm. assuming you're going to put it on the show notes, but yes, um, <laughs> did it just have those two factors, or it was, did? Okay,
0: so it was just like set up like a multiplication chart and across the top, it started at eight thousandths and ended at 800. And then down the left side, it started with three thousandths and ended with 300. Okay. Got it. So it was really cool because we were able to see all the different multiplication problems that equaled 24, not just eight times three, uh-huh. but like eight tenths times 30. And so we, we, took them out of the multiplication chart and put them over on the side. And we noticed and wondered about that. And so I have a lot of the kids like just kind of looking at you with that. I see that. And, but why does that work? That kind of thing. And so um, it's like, okay, so we've noticed and wondered this. We have lots of questions. Let's do a number talk. And so I review, we're going to use our silent thumbs. You're going to do it mentally You're going to share how you did it. And then you're going to think of all the different ways you could have done it. So we start with four times 12. Um, We get 48. And then I start to ask how you did it. And um, we talk about how, you know, the kid who said I did four times two and four times one. I write that on the board and say, hmm, if I did four times two and four times one, I don't get 48. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about how that was really four times 10, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing and reminding them just of multiplication. So then I put four times one and two tenths and we got that. And so I said, why and or how did you do it? And someone actually said, well, I drew a picture with the base 10 blocks which was amazing, and then did they draw a real said, picture or like they were imagining it? No, they had it on their paper. Like drew the squares and the um, tally marks for okay. the holes and the rods. Cool. Um, and then I had a student who said, "Well, I just multiplied and then put the decimal in the answer." And I'm like, "Okay, well, that's interesting. How did you know where the decimal goes?" And they were like, "Well, it just goes one there." Okay. So then we did four tenths times one and two tenths. And we got all kinds of different answers, mm, like yeah. 1.2 and I can't even remember all of them, but think they were adding them and they were multiplying like four times one and then, oh, 1.08, just all kinds of different stuff. So you're and saying so it,
1: it, it, the answers weren't all 48 like the
0: digits 4 and 8 everywhere
1: they they kind of lost that
0: yeah okay um which was a little bit surprising and then you know somebody said well i just wrote it on my paper and if you bring the decimal straight down it should be 4.8 and elliot's like hold on a second hold on if that was four groups of 1.2 and now you don't even have a whole group how are you Ooh. still going to have the same answer? That kid sounds like and a plant. <laughs> Did you plant yeah. him? <laughs> no. But then Matthew on the other side of the room was like, well, if you only have four tenths of a group, that means you have less than half. Dang. And less than half is 0.6, or half is point 0.6. So it's got to be 0.48. Wow. It was just magical
2: don't look now but they're comprehending math <laughs>
0: i know and ruth you've been like so struggling to
1: get them to, to for you to feel like they are thinking and that
0: that well, was that a big was second win year. we okay. didn't it didn't happen anymore okay well it was a <laughs> small small win and i like set up all the other classes like oh my gosh second hour did an amazing job <laughs> even with me feeding the whole like But look at this. It's less than one group. What does that mean? What would half of this number be? You know, those kind of asking those kind of leading questions. I just kind of got this like, huh. And then (laughs) Uh because we had done scientific notation. I during the number talk, I said, I need to know what happened to this four to make it four tenths. And they said, you made it ten times smaller. You divided it by ten. And so I wrote the fraction four tenths. Yeah. This says four divided by 10. And I've already showed them that, but I got a couple more like, hey, that's the answer written as a fraction. Uh, Yes, that's what fractions do. And then I said, well, what happened to one or what happened to 12 to make it one and two tenths? And they said, you divided 12 by 10. So now I have on the board a fraction of four tenths and 12 tenths. I'm like, well, look at this it says four times 12 is 48. And then we're going to divide by this 10 and we're going to divide by this 10. Hmm. And now what's, if you divide by 10 twice, what is that? It's a hundred. We'll look at our fraction now, 48 hundredths. So I didn't say multiply across the top and multiply across the bottom, Yeah, but because they had scientific notation knowledge, they were able to see, oh, Divide by 10 once and divide by 10 twice. That's dividing by 100. And they were able to make that relationship. So even some of my um, students who typically are like 100% just tell me what to do. I only like algorithms, that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't even, I'm not saying count the digits behind the decimal and move the decimal. I'm saying, what is this divided by? What is this divided by? So how many times do we have to divide by 10 in our answer? And because they're dividing by 10 and they have scientific notation, no one says, which way do you move the decimal? Yeah. You know, all of those things that, I don't know. I just was like, this is really good because they understand they're dividing by 10. Well, now I'm getting going to move into dividing decimals and we've done scientific notation. So what can we do to these numbers to make them easier to understand the same way scientists did it. Let's multiply this by, you know, 10 to the first power. Multiply this by 10 to the first power. Yeah. Instead of just move the decimal, move the decimal. Um, So so I have, go ahead. I just think it's cool that you sort of did
1: scientific notation first, really just on accident because you had enough time to do it. Um, But it turned out to help the next step. So maybe,
0: am I hearing you say that you might do it again this order next time? Oh, for sure. And um, I think just having the scientific notation knowledge, they're going to be able to carry it into division. So it's kind of like I'm reteaching that whole thing. And a lot of kids liked scientific notation.
1: hmm. You know, cool.
0: there's not a whole lot of computation there.
1: Back when you said that they were giving you all kinds of weird answers for the, mm-hmm. whatever it was, four-tenths times one and two-tenths with, like, different digits other than four and an eight, did right. did you, like, make that point? Or did a kid make that point that it's got to be some some combination of a four and an eight in the
0: answer? Yes. Um Because after you have your list of numbers on the board or your list of answers, then you begin to say, who would like to defend this answer? And I typically choose someone new, but it seemed like the only people who wanted to defend their answer were the kids who gave the answer in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I actually, you call on them and then they start to explain what they did and they're like, oh, I was adding Or, oh, that doesn't make sense. And so then I say, hey, you just made your brain grow because you made a mistake and you identified your mistake. Yeah. This was completely worth it. So, you know, and then students are like, I want to make my brain grow. So I'm going to raise my hand and say why my answer (laughs) is (laughs) wrong. Well, that's good. Yeah.
2: You're making progress. I,
0: I think you spend a lot of our runs
1: discouraged, but like. The things that you're saying are are proving that you are making progress, even with a group of students that's very, I don't know, not used to thinking, you know?
0: Yeah. You really I are. I mean, I feel like lots and lots of teachers are in that boat. Because let's be honest, even if you had 15 kids in your class who liked to think and liked to be challenged, the three kids who don't want to are the ones who wear you out yeah. are the ones who discourage you. And if you can spend time thinking about the ones you are making a difference in, like I'll share this real quick. I have two kids who I knew were going to be able to multiply decimals and not need a review for their test. And so I made, um, I found a Marcy cook puzzle that was dividing decimals and I just changed it and made it multiplying decimals. And put it up on the board. We had um, test review questions all over the room. And it was like, if you finish all of those and they're right, this is a challenge. And sure enough, those two kids said to me, Mrs. E, can I stay? Can I come back after school and finish this? Wow. It's like, well, I will put this on the back of your test. <laughs> so when you are finished your test, you can work this challenge. Cool. And one of them was like, well, I'm almost done with this one. Can you put two more, three more on there? <laughs>
1: So, wow. you know, great. you got
0: to focus on those kids because yeah. they really do like to learn. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's true with anything in life, though. if you focus on the on the negative, you could really just feel discouraged all the time. Yep. But there are really lots of things to be thankful for. Yep. Awesome. Are we ready to move into
1: three act tasks? Mm hmm. OK, so. This whole idea is really gaining traction at my school. Um, I think it's thanks to the Empowered Problem Solving course and how I have six people from last year that, you know, really dug in, learned what it's about, are ready to try it, and they're talking about it. And they are sort of being like the hype men, you know. (laughs) They're they're convincing other people that they need to try it, too.
2: You've got your good math ambassadors.
1: Exactly, yeah. And so... And then I did that PD, thanks to a teacher who asked for it. And so it's just, it's gaining traction. What's funny is that, like, sometimes when teachers talk about it, they can't, like, differentiate yet between just a task, like a rich task, and then a three-act task, and then Desmos, like some, and, and Desmos itself. So sometimes they're, like, talking about one of those, but really they say the other, and I'm trying to, like, discern, you know, Those are three different things, and so I'm trying to help them see sometimes. But it's not about the language. It's about, like, I want to try that, what you were were talking about. Right. Um, So in two cases already, a third-grade teacher came to me and said, I want to do a three-act task. Here's what I want it to be about. And, you know help me find one, or maybe there's not one, can we make one? And in some cases, we've been able to find them. Um, We found a really good one for adding whole numbers, like big numbers in the hundreds place, you know. Um, That one was called the Arcade, I think. Um, We'll put a link to it. And that one worked out really well. But we couldn't find one for a beginning like for the right place where the teacher was in multiplication. And then later we couldn't find one for where the teacher was with subtraction. So in both cases, we ended up making one ourselves. So I thought I would just kind of talk about that process.
0: Right. So tell me when you say you couldn't find one. Yeah. Do you search? I mean, for me, you, I kind of know where to go. But if someone's out there and wants to see what a three-act task is or – knows yeah. what it is and wants to know where to look. Right. Do you put three-act task in your Google window or do you call it a rich task?
1: Yeah. Do so you search I, just
0: by Graham Fletcher?
1: Yeah. I go straight to the places where I know I'm going to be the most successful. And so the, I start with Graham Fletcher's page and he's got his three-act tasks organized in a spreadsheet. Um, they, are, they are listed by Common Core standards, which are – pretty hard for us in Virginia to to find exactly like the grade levels don't match exactly um it's just it's just tricky so I i talked about this before I kind of went through there and remade this for Virginia standards so I look at my spreadsheet where I've gone through his and and put the standards um and I'll share that and if you're in Virginia you can search by by your SOL number I've also on my particular spreadsheet um wrote out a couple sentence description of it and put, okay. put in some – if I could find someone who'd done it online and wrote about it in a blog or tweeted about it or made made a Desmos version or made a video version, any of that, I put links to that in the description notes. Because if I'm going to teach one for the first time, that's one of the things I do is, is kind of Google it and look at um, Twitter to see if anybody else has already written about it because you get the added benefit of – Seeing student work, you know, to help you anticipate mm-hmm. what's going to happen. So,
2: so you're saying you took Graham Fletcher's idea and made it better?
1: Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs>
2: made, <laughs> it made it
1: work for where you were, made it okay, more useful. Perfect yeah, for added where he to was. it. Let's there we see, go. Added to it. I'm not going to say I made it better. <laughs> um. Okay. So I st- I start there because he has the most I would say for elementary school, and then at the bottom of his page of three act tasks. He's got links to others that say, want more of the good stuff. <laughs> and I am just going to say that for enough time, I've gone to the, there's so many here that are meant for upper, like for secondary. And too often I go to there, go to those and I don't find anything useful. So I've started to like, just stick to the ones that I know are meant for elementary. So, um, there's a couple of them, Katherine Castillo, Kendra Lomax, and Kristen Acosta, that I go to their pages. Again, I have to try to translate the uh, Common Core Standards to Virginia, which is tricky, which is why I one day I'm going to finish that spreadsheet for all of them. <laughs> um, so... That's what I, when I say I'm, I look to see if there's something out there, I'm probably checking those four pages. And sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes I will Google three-act tests, but but I feel like they almost always just go right back to these pages, you know? Okay. Do you do anything else when you're searching for them?
0: No, but I have found that even teaching sixth grade, I'm really overwhelmed because there are some in the high school groups, and most of them say they are six through 12. Mm-hmm. But just like you said, there wasn't one for where she was in multiplication. Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe I'm making a confession here that I don't have my whole entire everything I'm going to teach for multiplying decimals. And I've done this and then I think, oh, I could do a three act task. And I look at it and it's like, yeah, they already know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of where I am now when we go back from our break I have found out that we should go back and do whole number multiplication and talk about some strategies Mm -hmm. just because of how hard like 34 times three was so we could do three and four tenths times three right um so you know I've got to do some more multiplication and then we would just go back to decimals with that um And then we're going to move into division. So because I don't think about the whole entire unit, very often I find one of those (laughs) tasks. And it's either too far, like, oh, we're not going to get there, or we've already passed that. Because you want to do this when the kid has to invent a strategy, not because they have an algorithm and it turns into a problem and they answer it and you know the rest of the class are is it just doesn't work if someone yep. knows how to do it, yeah, in my opinion.
2: You're getting some serious nodding on this end from yeah. Tracy. Okay
1: yeah, yeah. We don't have our video on lately and we're not when we we're when we we're podcasting, so we're just having to listen. So yeah, thanks Jay, for the commentary, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the visual commentary. Okay, I, I totally agree. It's got to be at, it works best at the beginning of a unit before they know how to do the thing with an algorithm. Yes. So I think I will go ahead and talk about the first one that we made. Um, Yes, please. Okay. Jay's like, get on with it. (laughs) Um, The teacher wanted to use it for multiplication. She'd done a little bit of, um, you know, like single digits, and they'd done it with number talks, which they've been doing a beautiful job. And this is a fully remote teacher um, in third grade. And so we were talking. I kind of prompted her, like, You know, it's got to be something that they don't know how to do yet, just like we were talking about. And their standard does ask them to move into figuring out a whole number, a single-digit number times a two-digit number. And I think that the single-digit factor is supposed to be small, like maybe up to five or something. I might have gotten that wrong, but it's okay. So we we were looking for one that was a single-digit times a two-digit, and we didn't find anything either that was right on or that we liked. And so I was like, let's make one. She's like, okay, great. So <laughs> that's um, what ones you do anyway. Yeah. And I don't remember which one of us said it, but we had the idea of let's connect it to something. You know, if if you're like, okay, let's make one, then the next step is to figure out your context. And Life is wide open, right? I mean, there's just endless context ideas. And so right. one of us was like, well, what are you? What else are you working on in class, you know, in other subjects that we could make a connection to? Oh, and, that's good. And so she immediately said they're working on um, matter and, like, states of matter is one of the things. And so I think I said first, how about balloons? Because – That's one of the, you know, gas, the state of matter. And she suggested, um, I think she suggested ice. And I I was like, yes, let's do that. And so that led us to, you know, because because there you can see this change in state of matter with ice. So we, you know, I don't know exactly the steps of how we got there. But finally we decided that we could do a bowl of ice cubes and figuring out... How many, like the question would be how many are in this bowl, bowl of ice cubes. Right. And the, the second act where we provide some more information could be um, seeing the ice cube trays that they came out of. And we would, we would color the ice cubes so that they were different colors. And so mm-hmm. we're picturing, um, like, as we're talking about it, we are picturing like five ice cube trays, and, and they have some double-digit number of ice cubes, but not a huge number, right? Um, and each ice cube tray would have a different color of what we would color it differently. Um, so, and, and we picked five. So, I guess I'm kind of thinking about all the things you... I'm sort of trying to describe all the things you want to think about if you're going to make one. We picked five trays purposefully because one of the things they maybe could do was count by fives if they needed to. You know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Not that they would necessarily, I mean, because you kind of need the commutative property to think that way. But anyway, they've been working on fives, so we thought that would work. Um, So then one of the decisions that we made next was that we wouldn't, Like the act two where you reveal some information, we wouldn't show a picture of all of the ice cube trays because you could have just put the ice cube trays together with, you know, here's a red one, blue one, yellow, green, whatever. And and like it's literally just a picture of all the ice cube tray, all five ice cube trays. But that would would easily lend itself to just counting if they were stuck. Oh, true. You know, they could see every single ice cube then they if they could just start counting from the beginning. Okay. So, so we ended up that act two was going to show an one ice cube tray. So that tells you how many were in the ice cube in. I think it was eighteen. Does that sound right, Jay?
2: In one tray. Yeah, it was fourteen. Fourteen.
1: Okay. So there were fourteen holes in that one ice cube tray. And then we showed we showed the bowl and we showed her taking out one ice cube of each color and laying it on the table so sort of to imply there are you know there's five different colors and this is the tray that we used all right I've talked a lot anybody want to ask any questions or comment so
0: this is my first thought is you almost have to have a teammate or someone to bounce ideas off when you're creating this I am sitting here thinking like, I don't know if I would have thought about ice and what have I thought about coloring? You know, like Mm -hmm. you're making me feel overwhelmed having, thinking about doing it by myself. Yeah. I don't know. Like there needs to be a forum of, (laughs) (laughs) hey, I'm making a three act acid. It's multiplication and I want it to be matter where someone says, oh yeah, you should use ice and color it. Yeah. You know, like I don't know, I guess I feel like that too, because I am the sixth grade math teacher, and as much mm-hmm. as I love my teammates, that's not something you can sit and talk about with an English teacher, <laughs> yeah, you
1: know yeah i i I totally agree with you that that this process, I think it worked well because we were like constantly backing, bouncing ideas back and forth from each other, yeah. So find your friend, even if your friend is, is, is remote, virtual. <laughs>
2: so I have an idea. Or
0: text us. I think if you send us some, if you send Tracy and I Uh-oh. a message that says <laughs> yeah. we're making a three act task because if we can, I mean, I would love to contribute yeah. to ideas and then feel like, Hey, we want to see your finished products because yeah. that's really what education is about. and, Man, how isolated do so many teachers feel now because they are remote? For sure. So. Yes, uh, I agree. Like not all of our listeners, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For real, if you're out there listening and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Right. Send us a message and tell us. Yeah. So we can be part of this process with you because it will encourage me to try to do it. Okay. I I can send my idea. I mean, Tracy and I are limited with how much we can do on a run because our runs are only... (laughs) an Five hour. Miles.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only an hour of running.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hey, when you we when you had a lot to talk about. That's a short time. No, I'm right? saying, yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say?
2: Um I was wondering if she used any of these videos or this time to talk about science.
1: Ooh, she did. <laughs> good good segue in there, Jay Prophet. <laughs> so, um so we actually so we recorded this in the teachers lounge in a two-day process and but Bef- in the in the beginning, I actually recorded her just sort of making the colored water and putting it in the freezer and talking about what was going to happen. So she kind of did like a little mini science lesson that I recorded and she was going to put on Google Classroom um, to to actually help make that connection. Is that what you were going to? I going to say
2: if you if you are using. Um, a situation or a context that is already familiar to the students Mm -hmm. in this case you know the states of matter with water and you know if you're already going to get a a camera set up and you're already going to get all your water and your ice cube trays and stuff set up you might as well just while you've got it set up do something that you know about that specific context that you can also use Mm -hmm. to to bring into the into the classroom
1: yep so, so she. Not only did we make the the three act videos, but we made we did make a science video too, and and we did it the second day where she recorded. Hey, I'm going to take these out of the out of the freezer. Look, they're you know they're they're hard. They're ice. They you know change state of matter. So yes, she did a great job with that too. Um. And then the the final three act the the third act was the reveal was. How did we do that, Jay? How do,
0: I'm I'm forgetting now what the third act looked like. Um Did you like pull out all of the trays and then let them count them? Hold on. I'm
1: I'm pulling it up because I can't remember. <laughs> okay.
2: You did take a tra- you did take a picture of all the trays with ice in them, like an overhead shot of the yeah, all. Yeah,
1: but I think we did something else. I, oh, we did. All right. I'm going to I'm going to play it and narrate it. So, the third act we're seeing her dump the like we can see all five ice cube trays and they're different colors and she's um taking them like doing the hard work of getting them out of the ice cube trays which we all know is sometimes impossible and (laughs) so then we kind of sped it up so she's dumping all five in there and it's going really quickly and then at the end you see the whole bucket of i mean the whole bowl and then you see a... There we go. Then you see an array, like all the ice cube trays, A pi- one picture, like Jay said, one picture of all of the ice cube trays on the table. And we added a little graphic numbers that says 14, and then another 14 shows up at plus 14, oh, plus gotcha. 14. So so you're you're getting the idea of it's a repeated addition, 14 plus 14, plus 14, plus 14, and then the sum shows up of of 70 and then at the bottom we added also five times 14 equals 70. So we showed it two different ways of you could have used repeated addition or the multiplication problem.
0: So that was our review. So I have just like a teaching question. Okay. As a third grade teacher that's her like introduction to double digit. Yeah. Where in your opinion does the strategy have and double come in? And so that might be a strategy that the students are going to use with this, or do you talk about it now because they've seen 14 times five and that's the same as 10 times seven? I'm just asking because I had that in my multiply decimals, like to teach that strategy. And just for the sake of time, I didn't get to it but I'm going to come back to it and teach it as one of the multiplication strategies. I just don't, I don't think I know. I don't think I know how, I don't think I know where the number talk is. Do I write like a notice and wonder and have the whole, you know, like 14 times five equals seven times 10 and see if the kid can pick up Mm -hmm. what they notice about all of the problems. Even if it was like 0.5 times four, is the same as one times two?
1: Yeah. I. So I'm going to say, I, I don't really know for sure. I don't have a firm answer, first of all, but I'm going to say, I think I would try to get them to, to understand the having and doubling, having and doubling strategy with whole numbers before I ever even tackled it with decimals. Because So I
0: would agree. But if we already have decimal knowledge, do I just, is it like a today I'm going to teach you a strategy. I guess I just don't know how to.
1: Well, I can say I've watched I recently watched a number talk that is linked in the Sherry Parish book where the teacher okay. was literally just trying to teach that strategy like or, hmm. or help okay. him talk about that. So to I'll me, if I didn't already have a great context, I would probably just make it the my, purpose of a number talk for a couple days in a row. To try to, to get that, you know?
0: Okay. Did I answer your question? I think so. But now I'm I am just having this, like, <laughs> this idea. I have all these pictures of multiplication models with base 10 blocks. And I am looking at one in my head right now that is six groups of hundredths. Okay. And what if I just took my pen... And circled, made three circles. So now I have three groups of 4800s. That's what having and doubling is. Yeah. Because I decreased the the amount of groups, but increased the size of them. Yeah. So if I did a notice and wonder with just all those groups, somebody might say that. Yeah. It's worth a try. Go for it and report back. <laughs> all right.
1: Um, I thought I would just give um, this teacher that in her class just a moment to shine. Uh, she shared with me – I told you she's all on um, – she's all remote. So um, she shared with me, like, some screenshots of the Desmos, and so – I just want to read some of them because I think that they were – she was really proud of what they wrote in there. Um, and then we'll move on to the next one. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Okay. So one student said 70, and then he's going to explain his thinking. Oh, well, actually, I'm going to read at the top. One said 30 because it looked like 30. Yeah. So that was an estimate, you know.
2: I think it was about 30.
1: Yeah. One person said <laughs> 70. After, and I think this is where they had to exp- – What's your answer, and how did and explain how you got it? Explain your thinking. After the hint, I looked at the tray and thought one tray of each. So I counted fourteen times five and got seventy.
2: Whoa! Wow,
1: that's great, right? Okay, seventy-two. There are twelve cubes in each tray. There are six different colors. Each tray gets, each color gets one tray.
2: Were they watching a different video?
1: (laughs) You know, I don't know, but they're like. I mean, the,
2: at least the math's right.
1: It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, at least they picked out the important stuff. You Mm -hmm. need to know how many, or they picked out. Yeah. You need to know how many are in a tray. You need to know how many trays you have. I just thought that was, even, even though it's a mistake, it's still totally headed in the right direction. Um, Somebody said 70. I counted by 10. I'm really curious how they did that.
2: Well, they looked Maybe at five trays, to and each well, each tray had two rows, and so they could look at a picture of five trays with two rows, and there's 10 yeah. rows, and they just okay. counted up the row.
1: Yep. And then another person said 70, five colors times 14 each equals 70. There we go. Yeah. So that was pretty great for some third graders. Um, all right. Shall we move on to the other one?
0: Yes. We shall. I'm
1: excited. So the other one was also a third grade teacher. And she had done the tickets, the the arcade one from, I think it's from Catherine Castillo. And um, was ready to do something at the beginning of subtraction before they like buckle down and talk about, you know, real strategies and algorithms and stuff. And we just couldn't find one. I made the suggestion to her that... If you really want them to be able to use a model or an invented strategy, the, it needs to be really clear the type of problem that you're doing needs to truly indicate subtraction very clearly. And so what I meant by that was a lot of the problems that we, I'm seeing on three-act tasks were separate change-unknown problems. Like something was taken away, but you don't know how many were taken away. You just see how many were left. And while that is a subtraction problem and you solve it by subtraction, you get kind of muddled in, is is this addition? How am I going to think about it? And it's harder to model that, I think, than it is to model a problem where it's a separate result unknown, like where you're literally taking something away to see how many you have left, or a compare Difference unknown problem.
0: So I would totally agree. And in my experience, if I say to a student, I mean, we just did this because we were doing decimals, but I was trying to help them understand that, you know, when you were in first grade and learning and your problem was 10 minus seven, what did your teacher want you to do? She wanted you to say eight, nine, 10. Well, what were you doing? Every single time they say adding, like it's, they have a really hard time knowing that counting up is a subtraction strategy,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, especially when it's in context. Yeah. So, you know, the whole decimal subtraction thing, if I have two and where I covered up this much. Even if I said what's left, I feel like any time they use counting up, which of course is what you want them to do when you're doing subtraction, you know, like one whole minus six tenths, Mm -hmm. you want them to count up to get the answer of four tenths, but because they're counting up, they call it addition. Yeah.
2: I think often that gets confusing. Just the the problem you guys talked about at the beginning of having um, 40, uh, no, $10 $10 of quarters? Was that the, mm-hmm. the the problem? You know, right away, I was like, oh, 10 times 4 that's 40. I didn't think 10 divided by a quarter. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it's, so now it may not be the exact same comparison, but I, I skipped a step and went straight to multiplication, I guess, in my head, as opposed to dividing by yeah. a decimal. I also know that $10 is a roll of quarters and there's 40 of them in there. Yeah. So, <laughs> but... But I have a little too much
0: background knowledge for that question. I guess I, you know, I
2: had some some background (laughs) knowledge, but even, you know, that was the first thing. And then I was like, well, how do I figure that out? And I went straight to multiplying. There's four quarters in a dollar times 10 is 40.
1: I think the Mathematize book that I read this summer does a good job of talking about it. I'm not remembering exactly how they talk about it at this point, but they, you know, they talk about how, like, there's two different things there's how. What's happening in the problem? You know, is it an addition problem, subtraction problem? And then there's also the what operation might you use to solve it? And they're sometimes not the same. And yeah. that you need to, we have to articulate that for students. And the, yeah. So we talked some more and we ended up deciding that the a, te, a, sub, a separate problem really feels the most like subtraction, even more than a comparison problem. And that... We thought that they would – if there was a kid that had no strategy, that they were going to be most successful if it was a separate problem. So we were like, let's go with that Um, because that would be the the most likely that they'd be able to model it. So then we couldn't find anything (laughs) that Uh we needed, especially (laughs) because we didn't want one that was like 52 minus, you know, 18. We needed – we needed to go ahead and move into three or four digit problem gotcha. um because they they probably would have had other ready strategies for just two digit subtraction problem from second grade right so i did the same thing i did with the first teacher hey what are you working on in your in your <laughs> other subjects and she said um egypt in social studies and force and motion uh, by this point in science and I think she really wanted to go with something with, with Egypt, but I just kept thinking about how like, oh, and she wanted to find, she was, she was being very efficient. She wanted to find a video that was already made that she could use, which that's a, a decent idea, right? Um, mm-hmm. But but I kept thinking how we were going to have to make up something. So We were going to have to like fib something about that. We are going to
2: have to find a video and then make up a video. A- a situation.
1: Yeah, or make up the numbers, it. you know. And I just I just kept thinking, we've got time to make one. Let's make <laughs> let's make it so we our numbers are real. Um and she's like, if you want to do that, go for it, you know. Um uh-huh. again, here's this team thing. If you've got somebody to help you. Exactly. It, it works. <laughs> um so I just started googling like um uh simple machines real life and she didn't like my first answer or my first idea, which was great because not all ideas are great, <laughs> you know. Um, I, forget, I can't remember what it was. So finally I saw um, that bottle caps, tops, bottle caps, were an example of a simple machine because there's a screw. Screw on bottle caps. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. oh, I have a ton of bottle tops because <laughs> I'm weird and collect very strange things um from back when i worked in the in this in the stem lab the stream lab at our school i had hundreds of bottle tops that i'd sorted oh, by I color you're going
0: to say from counting collections
1: no well that's why i that's why i still have them in my cl- in my I room thought they
2: were kind of collection stuff too yeah no
1: they were collected way back in the stream lab for some other project um and sorted by color and but i couldn't let them be thrown away i kept them and put them. Um, in my classroom for cotton collections. So I like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to see how many. So the final idea I ended up with, here's this bin of a whole bunch of bottle tops. Like, I don't know how big that bin is. Maybe a foot and a half by two feet. I don't remember. I didn't something. see it in real life. Full of bottle tops in plastic bags. And I would build a design on the table and, and then – and try to make it, like, nice and big, fill up the whole table. And then mm-hmm. the problem would be how many are left in the bin after I make this design on the table. And I – is the word mandala? I think that's how you say yeah, the word. I think so. Mandala, which is, like um, – it means circle in a language that I have forgotten. Um, <laughs> Jay Prof, I want you to Google that so we can get it right. Um, but it's just a, a circular design. And so I built – one, started with one bottle top and then put it six around it and then kept going ring after ring and, and doing them in some sort of
0: pattern. So it turned out to make this cool design. You got it already?
2: Um, yeah. Okay,
0: so I have a question. Okay. Jay seems to know a lot about these. So did you <laughs> use him in the videoing of these? I used him
1: in the editing. I did all the recording now, myself.
0: Right. So now we are all feeling like... Yeah, I would never be able to do that because I don't oh. have a J prophet who lives in my house that
2: can... a <laughs> <But>, J <Jay> Profit.
0: <laughs> but I think edit the videos. But
1: but you just I I do I still think it's possible. I still think like if all it is is you get a friend to well, I'm I'm not going to advocate for just holding the the phone. I think you should think of some way to get your camera steady. But um, I mean I I. I come up with I these gotcha. grand ideas because I know I've got somebody in my back pocket who can help me with the editing, you know. But I think that you can just take a phone video and still have the same effect, you know. If it's for your classroom, I think you can still meet the same mathematical purposes. All right, Jay Prophet, what did you find out about the word mandala?
2: Uh, it is Sanskrit. Okay. It does mean circle. Mm-hmm. And it says emphasis on the first syllable, so mandala.
1: Okay. Okay. All right, good. Thanks. Yeah. Um so I ended up recording myself making it, building it. Um and then we had the problem of oh and I and I sped up. Oh, I actually did the editing on this one, Ruth, all myself. I'm going to take okay. credit for that. Yeah, um, the
2: bottle cup when you did. I you, I saw it. Yeah. You showed me the video, but I didn't do that one.
1: I I simplified what I needed it to look like and just put it in Movie Maker and sped it way up. Um it took me like more than 15 minutes to build it but then the the building the final video is only like a minute long um because I I just put it in warp speed <laughs> Um and then we had the problem of how many bottle caps were in the bucket and she was she was like I'll I'll count them for you so you don't have to do that part And then she called me back and she was like, nope, I have a better idea. How about I let that be their morning work and they have to count them like accounting collections problem. They have to count them ahead of time. And I was like, you're a genius. You are really a genius. (laughs) This is awesome. So each kid, there's only six, five or six kids in the class because of social distancing. So each kid got their own bag of, um, bottle caps and they had it was their morning work and i'll just go ahead and tell you that each bag was around 300 and some um it was like a a ziploc gallon size bag
2: Wait, each bag had 300 bottle caps yeah
1: right isn't that amazing
2: it's almost unbelievable
1: well i think i'm right hold on (laughs) now you're making me second guess myself
2: Let's no, check. Right no, no, caps.
1: no, I can remember a picture because she sent okay. me images of their counting collections. How
2: many total were there?
1: Um, fourteen hundred something. Wow. Hold on, let's. That's look. A
2: lot of bottle caps. It's a lot of soda.
1: Yeah, hold on. That's I'm a looking. lot of stuff you
0: saved in your
1: lab, right? Um, no, it's 1,700. thousand seven 1, hundred sixty-four total bottle caps in that bin. Wowza! Um. What else was I going to say about it? How
2: many that? were in your design?
1: Four hundred some. Hold on. Okay. My design was four hundred eighty-seven. Gotcha. Okay, I have to pause and have a little math nerd moment right here. Okay. Okay. I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to count them once I got them all—all four hundred eighty-seven on the design on the table i was like oh crap am i might just have to count them one by one or ruin this thing and like group them by <laughs> tens or whatever so then i started deciding that i'm gonna count how many are in each circle around you know like
2: it's, concentric circles
1: there we go i was gonna count and there was a pattern and it was beautiful so since my I mean, I guess this would always work with bottle tops. I don't really know. I put the first one down. And don't then count
2: I, on it. Make sure if you're doing this that you actually pay, make okay, sure this, right. and this works for you. They're like all the
1: bottle dry. taps, They're plastic off of like soda bottles. Mm-hmm. That's the kind I was using. All right. So I put one down and then I put six around that one because I knew from doing some experience experimenting this summer and like watching some videos about drawing these that you always pick a number like six or eight or ten or whatever and you repeat the design that number of times all the way around the circle I guess you'd have to pick some number that 360 divides by evenly anyway one six fit nicely around that first bottle cap Mm -hmm. so then I just kept on going doing some patterns going around that Well, in the end, when I wanted to count them, I thought I'll count the number in each concentric circle and not have, that'll be easier than like sorting them all out and counting them. Well, there was a pattern and I should have known, I don't know that maybe I should have known that, but so the first one is six. Well, then the next one I added, um, six more to the circle the next circle needed six more so that next circle is 12 around the outside and then the next circle is 18 and then the next circle is 24 and it it never stopped working every single time that
2: has to do with how wide a circle is by how the diameter of one of those bottle caps you're extending the concentric circle out if you were using something that was smaller so the circle is not as far away or something larger that the circle is farther away that number would not be the same
1: So it just worked perfectly because of the particular Uh size of the bottle cap. Well, it was like, oh, my gosh, it's still working. It's still working. It's still working. (laughs) And I eventually got to this point where I realized I didn't have to count all the way around the circle. It didn't take me very long to realize that. If I could count where my design started and ended, like the part that I repeated, the core of my pattern, I could Count the length of my core and then multiply by six.
2: See, I was thinking you were doing that like because your design has radial symmetry. Yeah. So I was thinking you took one of those wedges and counted the whole wedge and then multiplied well, it by six.
1: Kind of. I counted, but I counted one <clears throat> at a time. Yeah. You know, I just, I kind of nerded out sitting there trying to count this thing. I had no idea it was going to work out like that. But I should have if I was being consistent around the circle every time. Uh, anyway, it felt really good. So then. Then I thought I was done, and I shared the numbers with the teacher I was working with, and she, we realized that I was at, like, let's say 4.12. Let's pretend I was at 4.12. That's probably not exactly what it was, but we both were like, you know we kind of noticed well if it's 412 we don't yet we didn't know how many were in the bin yet and it was unlikely that they were going to have to regroup with their subtraction problem when the number i was it's taking out was a 12 ending in a 12 and so i was like oh we need to get our tens place and our ones place up high to force us to have to regroup
2: let's make this problem hard
1: yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so so i had to think about okay what's a multiple of 6 That I can add to the number to get my tens and ones place up really high.
2: Um, 72.
1: Well, I didn't end up being 66 because of where I was. So I added, I needed to add 11 to each little slice of my circle, um, which was trickier than expected (laughs) um, to make it work. So if you look at, if you open my image and look at it, there's a row of. Red and black and white. Ruth, do you see those on the picture? I do. That's the eleven that I added all the way around to get sixty-six more. Again, we needed a second person to help us figure it out. So, what else do I want to say about this? Um, I would. Well, what say are you wondering?
0: Listening to this podcast and you haven't looked at this picture, it would really help you understand what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of like mesmerized with how cool it is because also, I when you said bottle cap, I went right to metal, yeah, bottle caps, mm-hmm. and so I had a completely different picture of what was going on. And then yeah. I opened it, and was like, oh, plastic, that would work too. Yeah, <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we need to wrap this up because you got to go to work. Well, actually, both do. Um, I guess. Well, are we ready for takeaways?
0: I think so. I think the takeaway is I'm going to use you as a resource when I create this three-act task for dividing decimals. Okay. I'm going to say my takeaway
1: is what you've already said, is that. Had I tried to make either one of these by myself and not collaborating with the teacher, neither one of them would have been this cool. I would have gone with whatever the dumb idea I was dumb idea I had at the beginning that she didn't like, <laughs> and um, and it would not have been as cool. And not only do you have to think about the context, but you need help making sure that the math is going to turn out to be just hard enough that it's meeting this need, you know. Um, like picking a 14 times five and picking a number where the subtraction makes you regrouping. Like you've got to, you can't just be like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take away some and see what happens. You've got to think through exactly what you want to happen in the math problem to meet your need. So I'm, I'm going to say, find a partner to do this with. Jay Private, you got take away.
2: I had a takeaway from earlier in the podcast that I think Ruth was saying, you know, that she was trying to get them to come up with. Strategies or somewhere to, you know, having them figure out how to solve this problem. And it made me think that a lot of my, um, you know, time in, in math class in probably middle school and high school, I think I've said this before, I was taught and usually learned well by the standard algorithm. But I was always trying to find a shortcut, like in my head you know, like I did the multiplying by 11s last, we talked about that in a recent episode. Yeah. And so like, I was always saying, oh, well, maybe if I just, you know, like, like you, I'll add six to the next circle and that's going to work. Um, So much of my time in in high school and middle school math was coming up. Oh, okay. That, that's a great. And then the next problem, it didn't work. Like <laughs> it was like, you know, I, I found the the profit algorithm, but it only worked for certain cases. And so <laughs> like all the time I was, okay, yeah. And then I'd get to like, no, nah, dang on it that doesn't work yeah it's you know it's dependent on whatever but it's so you know that made me think I was always trying to find an an alternate algorithm or or some way that that my brain could shorten it or or, or, and it always turned out or not always but often turned out that it was not it was just dependent on the you know the, the problem and sometimes it worked but sometimes it didn't so it couldn't be a faithful new algorithm yeah
1: it's kind of like a conjecture, right? And then you kept busting your conjectures yeah. over and over. <laughs> All right. What else do we need to say? Anything? It feels, I don't know. This, this, I'm going to be honest and say this episode didn't end exactly where I thought it would. We thought we were going to do an example, like another one. We're trying to figure it out together. Maybe we'll save that for the future.
2: Yeah. Right. Where well, we are pretty good at two part episodes these days. Yes,
1: we are. <laughs> All right, Ruth. Um, It's a weekend, so I probably won't see you on a run, but maybe next week. (laughs) And next week is, I have the whole week off, so. Okay, so that means we We have to run a lot. Is that what you're saying?
2: (laughs) Every day.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) All right, I'll see you on a run sometime soon.
2: All right, bye -bye. bye. Bye.